I'm Dan O'Donnell. Welcome to The Difference. I'm joined, as I am every week on this podcast, by Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And last week, Dave, we had one of the worst weeks on the markets in recent memory. And this has got a lot of investors scared about just what it is the Federal Reserve is doing, because it wasn't so much the interest rate, the, the hike of 75 basis points, which was long expected. It was what the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said afterwards that has a lot of people thinking that inflation is here to stay. And in as much as the Fed is going to get it out of our system, it is going to be very, very painful as it does. Yeah, that's right. All of that is correct. So last week, markets were down 6%, and that is a, was a bad week, obviously. And as you said, Powell said 75 basis points. Market highly expected that. But afterwards, he said that rates are likely to continue to go up. They're going to raise rates in the next meeting and perhaps the next meeting beyond that. It's already been five rate hikes already this year. And so they're trying to catch up to the two-year Treasury market. First of all, it was at effectively zero in March of this year, and they continued with quantitative easing and buying bonds in the open market. So that all was spurring on inflation just in March. And now they're up to 3 to 3.25. That's the range. They want to go higher, and they're trying to catch up to the two-year Treasury, which is about 100 basis points higher, maybe 125 basis points higher. So that could mean that there is a number of rate hikes yet to go. And that scared the heck out of investors because higher interest rates go into the pricing models of everything. And that not only bonds, but stock, they come duration, long duration, short duration stocks, and real estate. So higher interest rates are going to put pressure on all of those, as well as just think about companies. That means that they're going to pay higher input costs for a lot of items. They're going to put pressure on wages as people try to keep up with inflation. All of that is a bad situation. And it all happened, Dan, as you pointed out a long time ago, that this is not transitory, that it is sticky, it is structural. And so they were late to the game to start to raise interest rates. And now perhaps they're making another mistake. That was the left jab. Here's the right hook that they're going to perhaps over-tighten into 2023 and cause a deeper recession than we probably are in already. Well, what almost seems unconscionable to me is that the former Federal Reserve Chair, Janet Yellen, now the Treasury Secretary, was warned about this from another former Treasury Secretary, Larry Summers. And I know I sound like a broken record, especially on the radio, when I keep going back to a Washington Post article from February 4th that was uh, so influential that, in fact, the White House was asked about it a couple of days after it ran, in which Summers argued, very persuasively, I think, that a $1.9 trillion stimulus package that the then-new Biden administration was proposing was many orders of magnitude greater than what was needed in an already recovering economy, and that if it went through with this amount of money, that we would see inflationary pressure the likes of which we haven't seen in a while. Yellen came out and said, well, with all due respect to Larry, I've had experience dealing with inflation before and it's going to be under control and things aren't going to increase to the point where he is so concerned about it. And this was the message coming from Yellen, coming from everyone in the Biden administration. 
even as inflation was jumping to 30-year highs by the summer of 2021. So you have Powell, I think, reacting to these uh, statements of everything is fine, everything is fine. I'm reminded of the meme in which the dog is sitting in the room and everything's on fire and he says, this is fine. It's a very mm -hmm. common meme on social media. That was Janet Yellen for, boy, oh boy, a year a year and a half until finally by the end of 2021, really not until midway through this year, when they started blaming everything on Vladimir Putin, did they say, okay, well, it looks like inflation is sticky. It looks like only drastic measures are going to get inflation out of the system, and we'd better do something and do something quickly. To me, this was fiscal mismanagement coming from both the Fed and the White House. Am I wrong in no. any way? I mean, no. this 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 was ridiculous because when you and I were talking about this day for boy months from from February of 2021 on, we were saying, "Hey, boy, you know what? All of this government money, all of this money, it's like Milton Friedman's helicopter drop. If you yep. drop too much money onto a given population, you're going to see inflation. This was the biggest helicopter drop we had seen in some time. And when you drop it on top of a recovering economy, we get what we're dealing with right now. All of that is absolutely correct. And, and obviously, you're not alone in that because there are people like Larry Summers. There are people on the left who have said that these are mistakes. These are policy mistakes, not only fiscally, but monetarily as well. And if we continue to do this, there is going to be a price to pay. And so therefore, you know, I know we hear lots of arguments. Oh, it's the supply chain. It's COVID. It's, it's Putin's price hike, all of these things. Well, we certainly made it worse here in this country. But around the world, there's certainly problems. And, and that's the, the argument from the other side is, you know, well, obviously Europe is having 17, 18 percent inflation. You know, you look at Germany at 30 percent. Right now, as we talk, the pound is the weakest it's been in four decades. It just continues to plummet. And in fact, they're talking about raising interest rates on top of it. And by the way, Dan, you saw that there was a number of elections and conservatives are winning and right wing people are winning around the world because they have a different view on policy. Yeah, and this is something that I think needs to go into consideration because we're just weeks away now when you talk about the intersection of politics and policy that I believe, and again, tell me if I'm wrong here, Dave. I don't want to get conspiratorial Dan on you. But the reason that the Fed has acted so timidly in the face of what it had to know from almost the very beginning, when we saw... All of a sudden, inflation jumped from like 1.9%, 2% to 5% in the better part of two months. And then it jumps again, and we haven't been below 7% since the start of 2022. The Federal Reserve and the chairman, Jerome Powell, who's appointed by Donald Trump and serves at the whim of the current president, Joe Biden, that he doesn't act aggressively to get inflation out of the system, knowing full well it's going to crash the economy before a midterm election. So now what are we talking about? That we're going to see the most painful effects by 2023. Well, if we see the most painful effects right now, September of 2022, that means Democrats have no shot in the midterms. President Biden loses his uh, governing majority. And this, I think, is the reason almost more than anything and I, I hate to, to say this is all political, but I think this is the reason the Fed fell so far behind in getting inflation out of the system by raising interest rates more aggressively at the get-go because it knew full well that it would damage President Biden's party in the midterms and therefore it would damage Jerome Powell's 
potential for serving longer as Fed chairman. All right, I I love you, but I don't think that they're that 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 is a black helicopter thing. I just think they mismanaged. I just think they they looked. I can tell you a story. <clears throat> a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we had a chance to talk to uh, a local Fed president. And I asked him the very question of when you increase money supply by 30% and 40%, and folks, what that means is we have printed more money in the last two years than in the history of the U.S. dollar. Isn't that in and of itself, isn't that by definition inflationary? And the response was laughable that we got back. And, you know, almost like I was trying to, you know, trying to be some big conspiracy guy. It's just, it's just the math. And so now you've got this too late to the game. They're, they haven't done enough. And now it got away from them. And now they're trying to put the horse back in the barn. And, and the problem with it, Dan, is it's hurting constituents. Whatever the income level you want to pick, but it's certainly hurting people on the lower income far more. And, of course, you know you can break down demographics of voting. It's certainly hurting them because in prices are going up. You know, housing prices are a problem. Gasoline, all of those things that we know, that is a problem. So I, I don't know if it's all about making Biden's party look bad. It's certainly a problem, and it's certainly mismanagement, and it was, certainly was mismanagement then. And what I'm saying right now, that was the left jab. This is the right hook. The right hook is they're going to tighten it so hard and so much that it's going to cause a continued choking because it has a lagging effect into 2023. We know we had two negative back-to-back quarters of negative GDP. If you look now, Dan, at the GDP tracker, it's 0.3. So that could be um, it could be three quarters in a row. And I'd like to see how the spin masters try to say that we're not in a recession now. But then we have a lagging effect into 2023. So hopefully this is not 1974 where this continues to go on for a long period of time. We are hoping that at some point that Powell maybe takes his foot off the brake, if you will. But that's not what he said. Dan, he said we have the tools and the resolve to get it to our target of 2%. And that's going to be a heavy lift. Now, when he talks about 2%, just so everyone knows that, they look at what's called the PCE. And that right now is at about 4.6%. So to get it down to 2 to 2.5% is not out of the question. It's just a heavy lift to do that without causing a further deeper recession. I think you're talking about a depression. If our yeah. target rate is to go from 8.3%, to two percent. No, 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 no. The PCE. The P. They look at the. PCE. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. PCE. The, okay. Yeah, the but PCE still, is about I mean, four and a half percent. Yeah. When you're when you're looking at getting inflation back to quote unquote acceptable normal re- levels, we're still talking about fifty percent of what it is year over yeah, that's year. Right. That's right. That's I mean, right. so we're we're talking about going from eight percent to four percent, and I'll admit. I fully thought that at some point the year-over-year number was going to go down solely because we had 30-year highs by, say, August of 2021. Right, so by August of 2022, you're thinking, well, it's Rolling it can't over. go up. You're right. Yeah. Inflation is going to roll over on top of itself. We couldn't possibly have eight percent inflation a year from now. And I was predicting this in August of 21, that you're going to see inflation probably by May, maybe by midsummer. It's going to look better, but it's really 
even I, and I was about as pessimistic as it gets, even I couldn't have predicted that we're still going to see record-setting numbers, that the the, the highest year-over-year number we saw was actually in July at 9.1%. That was on top of the already high inflation from July of last year. So to your point about the Fed trying to get this back to normal levels, I mean, the, the normal train left the station in April of 21, and I don't see, seriously, I don't see how we get it back on track without a crash off the current track. All right, so that could have marked, I mean, when you talked about you saw that, that could be peak inflation, and there's a lot of economists on both sides of the aisle, because there are economists on both sides of the aisle, that said that we've had peak inflation, and it's beginning to come down. You look at, for example, housing sales. Housing sales have slowed significantly, all the way back to sales numbers that go all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic. We see energy, as of this morning, uh, WTI under $80 a barrel. That is lower than when Putin invaded Ukraine, $80 a barrel. So you're starting to see commodity prices and real estate prices begin to slow. And that is my argument. My argument is if things are slowing down already, do you need to slam the brakes on another 75, another 75, another 50, whatever they are, into 2023? And he said, by the way, that we can continue to do this into 2023. That will cause a problem. So we're going to see if he does really have the result. I have a feeling that they're not going to do that. I have a feeling that they're going to be what's called, air quotes here, data dependent, and they're going to start to see these things start to roll over, and they'll be able to slow down those rate hikes, and that'll allow us a little blue sky. And, and that's at least that's my hope. Yeah, I think that's everyone's hope because, I mean, if you slow down the economy to the point where I think it's going, you're going to see a lot of people out of work. Yeah, and that's lost. the one thing. Yeah. Right. That's the one thing that's sort of been pointed to. Well, we're not in a recession because we still have high unemployment. And, and it is true we have high unemployment. But with the market slowing down to the point that it has been, it is a truly scary situation out there. And that is why. What do we say, Dave? You need to know what, 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 you, what own. you own, why you own it and how much you're paying for it. But really, I have to tell you a really quick story. We had a client come in. Uh, this morning, I should say a prospect come in, a potential client, and they raised their, their statements around and said, look at this stuff. And and the, the wealth manager said, let's go through and go through and have a plan and see if you are on track or not on track. So start with that financial plan. Go through the process of getting the framework of a financial plan. Then you can worry about you know, what's in your portfolio and why. And that's why start with the plan. And if you come and talk to one one of our eight offices and talk to a wealth manager, that's what they're going to do. They're going to start with a framework for a financial plan. And that's a really important place to start. The place to start is, as always, AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell. This has been The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks.
Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.